you'll allow me for a moment just to give a little background on how we got connected with our, our guest speaker. Um, I have a friend from um, Opelika, Auburn area, who is involved with a ministry called Four Corners Missions, and so you may have heard of that mission to Uganda. And so I, I knew about that particular ministry, and about, I don't know, a month and a half ago, I had a, a meeting in my office with um, uh, Mary and Dave Nichols, and when Mary was living in Birmingham, she got to know a wonderful uh, young man um, from Africa who was involved at the Church of Brook Hills, and she was telling me, I wish we could get him somehow to come to share his story at our church, and so we looked at our calendar, and and my initial thought was we would work him in on a Wednesday night, but we had uh, just too many Christmas things happening on Wednesday nights, too many musicals and things happening. Our schedule wouldn't, wouldn't really allow it. And so then we realized we had an opening um, this Sunday. And so we're so thankful to have Bullen with us. I want to invite up um, Rick Mitchell. Rick um, is with Scatter Christ. As Rick comes to formally introduce Bullen, I want to read from the Scatter Christ's website about their ministry. It says, Scatter Christ exists to glorify God by investing in the lives of widows, orphans, indigents, and people groups around the world, ministering to their physical and spiritual needs. And so, uh, Rick, you can tell us more about that ministry and about Bullen. Please introduce him. We're so glad uh, that you're here with us this morning. Thank you for having us, uh, for opening up your service and, and allowing us to come and speak and share a a story that I think will capture your hearts. Um, I'd certainly like to thank Dave and uh, Mary for their hospitality. They have represented your faith family so well. And this morning it has carried over into the way you have welcomed us. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, where to begin? Um, you know, in Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Uh, from day to day, uh, as best our laid out plans can be, God seems to intervene and, and uh, interject his plans. And so with that, we never know from day to day how things are going to go. Uh, back in 2006 was when my wife and I were first introduced to the young man that you're going to get to meet this morning. Uh, a ministry out of Tennessee uh, had gone over in 2004 to, uh, and, and for what reasons we don't know or whatever, to get into Africa and attempt to open some doors to spread the gospel. They uh, went to the particular area that he was born and raised in. Uh, again, God's plans, the way he networks things together and, and how he brings this all apart. Uh, in 2005, they returned. Um, along with that, a young man by the name of David Platt that I'm sure all of you are familiar with attended that particular trip. And if you'll read in his book Radical in chapter five, there's a moment to where he's sitting under a mango tree and I'm gonna steal this shamelessly because Bullen is a little humble to even mention this, but as they sat under the mango tree, David Platt and this young man took tea in the heat of the day and were sharing and talking about the Lord, about how they could spread the gospel throughout the world. 
And this young man looked at David and he said, you know what, I'm going to change the world. And David said, well, how do you want to go about doing that? How do you propose we change the world? And he looked at David very seriously without even batting an eye and said, one person at a time. As you hear his story this morning, you're going to see how that unfolds and how God has used him one person at a time. In 2006, a ministry brought him to America to bring awareness of what was going on in South Sudan. Uh, some of the adversities that Christians were going through, how the uh, northern part of Sudan, the Muslims were attacking them, and there had been a civil war for years and years. And so they wanted to bring awareness to it. This is where I first met this young man. And at that point, God joined us together and we decided to adopt him into our family. From that moment on, the journey began and we have walked with this young man. He's lived with us for nine years. Um, he came to America, got his education. He was one of several that were living in our home from the time, some other Africans, some Ethiopians, some inner city from Birmingham that we were trying to follow along and walk hand in hand with. And of the group that we had, he's the only one that said, God has called me to go back home, even though after enjoying the luxuries and comforts of our country, God has called me to go back home and to witness to my people. And so, and you'll hear in his story, he has returned and some of the things God is doing through him. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to him without stealing much more of his thunder. And thank you all again for having us this morning. Good morning. It is good to be here this morning. Uh, I enjoyed the worship with you and the wonderful song, the music and everything went well. Uh, it is also my first time to be in LaGrange, and I can tell you this city is good, and there's so much nice people out here. So we are honored to be here, and we thank you so much for having us. My name is Bulen. Um, I am from South Sudan, and I was born in Sudan in the time of war. Those years are the difficult times for the Christian who lives in the southern part of the country. I and my family, we lived in Mundri, and I was born there and lived with my family for well about three years. And then after three years, the war broke in, and then I was separated from my family. For 15 years, I have no idea where they are. And we lived in the jungles and bushes and hiding ourselves throughout those years. I was raised up by my grandfather, who is a God, man of God and who loved the Lord so dearly and was able to lead me to Christ. And he preached to me one night about the suffering that we are going through will not be compared with the future glory that Christ is preparing for us. And that message went into my heart and it changed my whole life. And since then, the Lord has put this desire in my heart to go and make disciples of all nations. And I've Lived well with my grandfather, and after 15 years, when the war was ended, so we were able to reunite it with my family. Unfortunately, I have lost all of my five brothers in the war, and my father as well. But by the grace of God, I was able to see my mom again and my sister. But God has been so good to us, 
uh, by the grace of God, I was able to come uh, to school in the United States in, back in 2008 and started, well, didn't do really well, but I, I finished it. So, uh, being growing up in South Sudan, studying under the tree, writing on the dirt, not using pen and pencil, here I am going to school. And it was a little bit of a struggle. I think my professors and my teachers and, I mean, they have worked so hard to put me through the class of how to type on computer and all that stuff. But God has been good to me. After all these years, I was able to graduate from Troy University in 2014. And it was designed my heart to go back always to share the gospel with the nations and then with the people in Africa. And many people encouraged me to stay, but that's what not what I feel God have called me to do. And following the what God have called me to do uh, in, the, in the year 2016, uh, spring of that year, I get back and then head back to Africa. And went to South Sudan and stayed for two months. Really good, trying to build up the house where I can stay, trying to plant the crop, trying to settle myself. But one Sunday, I was invited to go and preach. And that Sunday morning was in July. And before I left my house, the war broke up in the city. There was a two major fighting between the governments and the oppositions. And the tribes are fighting each other. And that war we just descended into. And it was terrible. As most of you might have heard about it, uh, it takes a long time. And that war just go from the capital city of South Sudan to the villages. As the war continues to go, people of South Sudan were, were pushed to Ethiopia, to Kenya, Uganda, Congo, everywhere. Because the war is just terrible. Their homes have been destroyed. Their crops have been destroyed. Their villages have been burned down. And many people have lost their life. And I was sitting up there and doesn't know what to do with my family. And after prayers, I wanted to get up, and so my family in Birmingham and other people here trying to pray and trying to get me out, and then they won't let, let me to get out of the country. All men will not leave the country, and we just sit down there. And after a long time, after a long time, about a month, I was able to get up and then go to Uganda. So when I reached Uganda, I don't know what to do, and I was praying and asking Lord, well, this is what you put in my heart to come back and I should be living in peace and then so that I can share the gospel with the people. And what is this? I was asking Lord to give me, I mean, what he, I mean, what do I need to do now? But it does not take God so long to do. I know he knew all of our plans and he have perfect plan for our lives. We may not understand it in the very day, but as we walk with him, he will reveal it to us. As we go to Uganda, we have 1.3 million South Sudanese people from villages that I will never be able to reach when I, if I was in Sudan, were pushed to the refugee camps in Uganda. And those people are living there, and they are all over the place. And God has given us the opportunity that very time to go to the refugee camps. We have seven refugee camps that we are working in, and one of them is the largest refugee camp in the world. It's called Bidibidi. Maybe most of you, you may have not heard that, 
but we have the largest refugee in the world. So in that camp, it's, it's almost 290,000 people living in that re one refugee camp. It might be more than that by this time. We don't know because people come and they may be registered. They may not be, but people are there. So we, as, as the Lord leads us in these camps, we begin to go and look for the leaders and find out whether there is a pastor, whether they are there or not. By spending more time in these refugee camps, we were able to develop relationships with a few people and few pastors and then begin to disciple with them, begin to go and stay with them, disciple them, and disciple other people so that we can start the churches and then plant the churches in those refugee camps. And God has been so good to us by his grace. We were able to, particularly one of these camps, the largest camp, we went there back in 2017, and in the, year, in the beginning of the year last year, we were there and began to disciple one of the four guys. I big partner with them, disciple them, and give them Bibles, and then continue to uh, share the gospel in that area with them. We planted a church, and then we challenged each other to continue the gospel. As of now, we are talking now, from one, out of that one church, we have over, we have 17 and 18 churches have been planted from that one particular church. So we thank God for that. And when I look into these things, this is just one story, but several other stories as well. So when we look into this and thinking, and I thank God for the opportunity that he has given to us. Walking through these refugee camps, we come across some of people, an unreached group of people who have never heard the gospel. And God was able to lead us to those people and share the gospel with them. Who knows? Everybody believes and is their dream that we will go back to our country one time. But when we look into this one, what impact will happen when all these people who are discipled in those refugee camps and reached with the word of God, equipped and sent to the, back to their villages and spread the gospel across the South Sudan and to the borders of South Sudan. God is so good in his ways. He is doing things that we cannot understand. But I thank him for the opportunity that he has given to us. And for that reason, we are here today and to share this with you and to pray for us. Pray for us so that we can continue to share the gospel with refugees. And come with us so that we can go and share the love of Christ with those refugees. Come with us so that we can go and then participate in the things that God has already done. We have nothing to do in all these things. We're just showing up to participate in the things that God has already finished before the foundation of the earth. We're just trying to be there to be part of what he has invited all of us to be part of it. So we want to thank you so much for this opportunity. We pray that next year, as we begin the next year soon, we want to uh, educate and train more pastors in those refugee camps so that they can continue to plant other churches in the refugee camps. As they go back to their villages in South Sudan, they will continue with the gospel. One of the things that God has led us to do is the Bibles. People are coming across the country. The rain and everything, some of their Bibles have been washed. They don't have anything. But do you know how much it costs to buy a Bible? Eight dollars. Eight dollars will buy the one Bible. And one hundred dollars will buy, I mean, 16, 17 Bibles to give to the church. 
So pray with us about these things and pray with us about pastor's training. We want to equip the more pastors inside the camp. We want to equip them in their zones so that they can go and share the gospel with other people. We're going to have some time at the end of our service um, between this service and our Bible study classes at 945 for you to get to meet Bullen and his wife is with him, Sarah. We're so glad you're here as well. And their good friend Rick um, is also going to be up here. So we're going to have a little bit of time for you to interact and fellowship with him and ask questions. I believe we have a uh, resource table as well. Is that going to be in, in the lobby back there? Um, Bullen, in fact, um, when I met with Mary and Dave, um, they gave me a, or showed me a copy of the book. That was really Bullen's story. So you can learn more about um, his life, his experiences there in South Sudan, how God has led him. I just want to read um, one passage of Scripture and, and we'll have some prayer together. It's from Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, you could turn there. Matthew 28. You'll, you'll know um, this passage well. You'll know it well. We won't have it on the screens unless uh, they can dial it up real quickly <laughs> up there. But it's Matthew 28. Um, I want to start in, in verse 16. It says, now the eleven disciples, if you remember, there's eleven because Judas had, was no longer with them. He killed himself. So there's eleven disciples at this time. It says, now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. This is after the resurrection, okay? And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus has been given all authority from his Father. And we know from the gospel narratives and John's gospel, especially in John's gospel, chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17, Jesus talks about imparting upon the disciples the gift of his Holy Spirit. So if the Father has given all authority to the Son, and the Father and the Son have given themselves to us in the person of the Holy Spirit, then we too have all authority to go and make disciples. We shouldn't miss that in verse 18. And so, Bullen, as you go into these refugee camps, you are going with the authority of Jesus Christ, the authority of the Father, the authority of the Spirit. So we have authority when we go and make disciples. Verse 19 says, go. It's going as you go. It's a participle in the Greek language. 
It's as you go. You're going as you go. So everywhere you're going, you are making disciples of all nations. That Greek word for nations is ethnos, where we get our English word ethnic. It means people groups. And I can't think of a better person to reach the people groups there that have scattered out of South Sudan into Uganda, into those refugee camps. I can't think of a better people group to reach the people groups than, than Bullen and this team of pastors that he's raising up and discipling and training and sending. They already know the language. They already know the culture. They already know the customs. And so this is an example of what I would call indigenous missionary disciple making. And this, I believe, is the most critical, valuable, logical way that we can have an impact from here in LaGrange, Georgia, around the world. Is that we come in contact and identify indigenous missionaries that are sharing the gospel in their language, in their culture, to people groups and giving the good news of Jesus to them. Just think for a moment how difficult, how expensive, how many years it takes for one of us to learn language, culture, travel, adapt there in Uganda and Sudan, yet here we have a local indigenous missionary who is called to change the world one person at a time. It's beautiful what God is doing in his church around the world as the Great Commission is being fulfilled. It just makes sense that we find ways to reach with the gospel places that maybe we'll never go. And that we identify and partners around the world. And God brought such one to us back in May when Rajiv Mahan came and preached and shared in both of our services just as Bullen has done. And how that's been a beautiful partnership that's taken place over the past few years through this church's missions committee and the other teams that have gotten to know uh, this great man, Rajiv, in India. And I believe God is strategically leading us as a church to say, who would you have us to support and partner and love and encourage and pray for? Because the Great Commission is our mandate. And we focused a lot, since I've been here, on trying to make disciples and trying to reach people here with the gospel and making disciples who make disciples here. But our mandate in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is to all the world. It begins in our Jerusalem. It spreads to our Judea. It goes to our Samaria. It goes to the ends of the earth. And it's a beautiful sight to see. And this really is what it's all about. This is the mission of this church and should be the mission of every single church that claims to believe that this is the word of God, that we are to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And so as you pray about your gift to Lottie Moon, as members of our missions committee 
is going to have some time of fellowship and getting to know Bullen uh, today over lunch. And as we pray about how we can encourage and support him as the Lord leads us, let's be a church that always has missions on the forefront. That that is what's driving every decision that we make. Everything that we do, how is it relating to sharing Jesus with people and making disciples of all nations? Jesus gives a great promise to us in verse 20. He says, Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He's given us all authority and he's also given us his presence. Not just Right now, but always, from now on, he's going to be with us, empowering us, walking with us, loving us. And as we go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching them to observe what he has commanded, we can know without a doubt that God is with us. Bullen can know that God is with you. God is with you both as husband and wife and you share the gospel there in Uganda.